right. Oh boy. What are we talking? What is, right, what that is sounds, this about? That, that sounds, it's about uh, 40 <laughs> minutes. I mean, I'm a, I'm a person oh, who knows um, a, a little bit about a lot of things. So I was just going to go for it. Yeah. Th- yeah I mean, that's, that's exactly there's no level of expertise for. here. Yeah. So, I mean, look, Chris is in real estate. I'm in design. And then we're two non-professionals that kind of sort of sometimes talk about mental health. And lately, we've been talking about everything and anything on these podcasts. So oh, yeah, the lighting is very mysterious. I have mysterious. to turn it lower, oh. but you can see how white my teeth are. Your very teeth white. are very That's white. That's something I work yeah. hard for. You should yes. be proud of those teeth. Yes. They're white. I, I, I'm, I uh, gargle with peroxide, and people say you're not supposed to do that, oh, but do? I do it anyway. So. Well, no, no you, as long you as you do don't that. swallow. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't. My cousin did swallow, it's and poison um, if you swallow she burned her vocal cords. Oh. Yeah, it's not. You can't. You can't ingest that. No. Public service announcement. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a couple things you should not ingest: public uh, Clorox, yes. peroxide, and hand sanitizer. Do not yeah. drink or swallow any of those things. You can put them inside your mouth. No matter how delicious. And rinse them around. It smells <laughs> and looks. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> I I was just at the dentist the other day having my teeth cleaned. And they were I'm like, oh, jealous. it's time for your, yeah, they're time, it's time for your x-rays too. And she gave me this cup and I'm pretty sure it had diluted bleach in it. <laughs> it tasted, yeah. I was like, yeah. Maybe it was peroxide. Yeah. No, no, it was, it, it was bleach. I'm pretty sure peroxide has kind of a bleachy flavor to it. You know, it, I, I've of. gargled bleach or peroxide oh. before. Like I totally, I, I know, I know what that's I like. Have, I have it wasn't con- that. Uh, constant paranoia that I'm getting like all the diseases. So I'll put peroxide all over my body. I'll put it in my ear holes. I'll put it in my belly button. I'll freaking gargle it. I'll put it on my pimples. I, I burned my skin like two days ago, like right here. My tender oh. cheeks, I burned them. I was like, I bet I should put peroxide on my face for some reason. That's what I was going through. And I did it. And I, and I regret so it. So you're Why loving not? this. You're loving this time then. COVID-19 is like, if you've got any sort of hypochondriactic oh, yeah. tendencies, this is this is your Wait, time. Time well, to shine. It's my time to shine because I had a really neglectful mother who never wanted to give me any freaking medical care. Okay, and so when I was a kid, oh I had all the diseases. I had pertussis at home. Okay, I had a fever so hot I was seeing oh. orange, um, and I was laying on that couch and they're like, "Oh, just give her a wet washcloth. Like that's gonna like get me through it, right?" And she never really yeah. gave us real immunizations back in those days. You could just write it on a card. It wasn't electronic like then. So she's all forging it. So, oh my so God. I had chicken pox like five times. I had the pertussis. Who knows what else I had? So like what is, now oh. I feel. What is pertussis? It's, it's a whooping cough. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, there you go. People died from that. I don't know the technical days. name. Yeah. 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 That's a serious yeah. thing. So now yeah. I'm like, I feel like not better than everybody during coronavirus, but I'm like pretty sure if I get coronavirus, I won't even notice because I had all the virus. So it's like, <laughs> bring it on, people. Come on. Yeah, not to joke or make light of it, but my mom did tell me early on during the pandemic, she said, well, our our, our family survived the, the last <laughs> pandemic, so probably we should be fine. Yeah. I was like, Is oh, she talking well, about the Black Plague? Hopeful. I don't. The, 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 oh, okay. the, the, the flu. The Spanish flu. Ni- the Spanish flu. Yeah. Yeah, they, they made it well, through that. that. Some so generations ago. Chances are. She's banging yeah. on that. Yeah. Good genes. Yeah. Good well, genes. thank you so much for being on today. Um, I know Suzanne from way, way, way back 
when in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and um, well, Aaron is also from Arizona, by the way, Suzanne. Where do you yeah. live now? And uh, well, I live in Pittsburgh now, but for a hot second, I lived in Arizona. I'm sorry. With uh, and that's how I. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I know Chris. So you're some so, of my Arizona yeah. peeps. Yeah, and I just I know Suzanne to be a very kind-hearted person, but also very very outspoken. And yes. so oftentimes I'll read her uh, posts on social media, and uh, sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're just uh, you know what's going on, but uh, always very honest and vulnerable and uh, just good stuff. Thank you. There yeah, you I, I and you you you've kind of gone through a lot in the past year or so because yeah I got I got I know five, you... I had the same job for five years and then one day they brought me in after I worked the whole damn day and they're like um by the way we're firing you we've and well, so uh, I I had a bit of a nervous breakdown you could say yeah in, in their defense that's the right time to fire people at <laughs> right the end of the day. yeah and after I had yeah. just worked Labor Day weekend all by myself they couldn't have, they couldn't have got me that Friday. I would have had a nice weekend. No. no. Oh my God. What a-holes. Yeah. So I had like a nervous breakdown. I had but, the same job for five years. It was like a highly stressful job. A lot of um, violence, substance use, death, sexual assault, physical assault, oh. every day, all day. And um, I, ultimately I was fired because they said my social media was deeply disturbing. <laughs> Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Okay, so what? I gotta what were you doing? Were you a social worker? Um, I was a resident coordinator, which basically means uh, for a housing first program. So I don't know if you guys know what housing okay. first is, but it's basically like housing for people and we meet you where you're at. So we don't require you to have sobriety. You don't have to be in mental health care. We believe housing is a okay. basic human right. And we took people that scored really high on the vulnerability index. So basically, if this was like 50 years ago, they would just be in like a sanitarium, right? Right. But okay. now they're oh, just in downtown Tacoma, <laughs> living their life oh. very unmanaged. And my job was just to kind of manage yeah. them. I managed 50 people for five years. They were the loves of my life. And although wow. they were really challenging people, like... I always say they're the best of the worst because it's their pleasure to break sure. every rule. It's their pleasure to make everything much more difficult than it has to be. And they love it. And I have oppositional defiance disorder. So I, I loved it too. I'm right there with them, right? And so um, that's what I did. And then they fired me because my social media was deeply disturbing. It wasn't in line with Catholic principles. I worked for a Catholic company, but there's oh. obviously like more to it. But yeah, it was great because yeah, no, she like I, brought me in and she was like, we discovered something deeply disturbing called Susie the Natural. And uh, I let out a cackle. I felt so, I felt so <laughs> flattered as someone who was always like in the principal's office. I know that she was expecting me to be like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, <gasps> what? You found yeah, and I was like, oh, well, it's basically always been public. You didn't find yeah. it. It's just been there this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. I uh, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. What was so what was so disturbing to them? Um, twerking at work, um, oh. <laughs> singing songs joyfully with my residents. Um, uh. I, I made a movie, a one minute werewolf movie called The Werewolf of Hilltop, and they said it was extremely unprofessional to make a movie at work. I, I had permission for all, all the stuff I did. It was just more of like a. Um, yeah. I had a little bit too much power than I probably should have. You know, you're there in a program for so, so long. You see, yeah, you know a lot. Yeah. You see a lot. So I was having this discussion with my brother yesterday, and we were talking about uh, 
police brutality and a bunch of shit that's kind of going down. And one of the things that he brought up, or we were talking about these stories, and there's basically this instance where a bunch of cops uh, busted some people for uh, smoking or doing some drugs. They kicked two guys out. They took the woman and they did really nasty things to her, dropped her off at the uh, police station in the morning, right? So the whole night she's dealing with these unspeakable situations, okay. which, um, and I'm like, well, they should have been fired. It should be against the rules to have Jesus. sex on, on at work. And he's like, nope, actually, in most places, it is not against the, it is, there's nothing in the code of ethics, no rules, nothing that says that police cannot have sex while they're on duty. Wow. So, so that's their whole basis for not. Oh my God. You know, and so they're saying, uh, you know, it's the he said, she said, you know, all the things that are wrong with whenever, uh, women are raped and like where our justice system just goes wrong for them. Um, so that's what they're saying is, oh, it was consensual. <laughs> so we didn't break any rules in what we did. And I'm like, oh my God, like, how can we not see that there's so many things wrong yeah. with this? And, and, and allow that to happen. And he said there was like the majority of the states or in the United States do not have anything in, in their, you know, code, again, code of ethics, rules or anything like that, that says that this type of behavior for the police officers is. Let me tell you something. That's I insane. Ha- at my former job where I was brutally fired. Uh, yeah. We called police just about every day, first responders, just about every day. No, not just about, every single day, multiple times in a day. And you really see where um, the, the police culture, um, I can never tell yeah. you a single time where it's been helpful to call police. And even um, yep. it's very rare to have paramedics come and be helpful and kind as well. And especially sure. the population that I serve, you know, you have men and women with schizophrenia that do not have and do not receive any kind of mental health treatment. A lot of times right. they can't follow through um, on their own appointments. They don't have medication. They might self-medicate with methamphetamine. Um, so a lot of issues are exacerbated. You have homeless people where you can't sleep. You don't have proper nutrition. You're cold all night. Um, people are harassing you, raping you, kicking you while you sleep. And then you expect someone to wake up and just be pleasant and look great and, and make sound decisions. And, and the police over and over again, really degraded and devalued my residents on a daily basis. And even now I, I have a really hard time calling police. My neighbor lit our, lit her house on fire a couple weeks ago. And I was like, man, I really don't want to call the police, but you know, I, I also can't really put out a fire. (laughs) So yeah, Yeah. I tried, but it didn't work. So calling the experts. Yeah. yeah. So my whole point of this was that you should be allowed to twerk on, you know, your social media without being uh, agree and you know what the thing is the <laughs> funny thing about it is it's no it's no um surprise to me that i was fired i used to say every day please just fire me because i worked a lot i i dealt with a lot i found like five people dead many people overdosing sexually assaulted they're physically wow. assaulted but I really loved my job. I really loved the people I served. They're the realest people in the world. And to the people who who mattered, which was my residents, they really know me and the real me. So when I was fired, I, I mourned not being able to give them that goodbye and letting them have that goodbye. But it's yeah, so funny because yeah. 
I've always done whatever I wanted. I wore whatever I wanted. I showed up whenever I wanted. I wore my sunglasses all day, which was very offensive to them for some reason. But I said nobody complained when Ray Charles wore his sunglasses indoors all day. And so, <laughs> you know, I had um, approached one of the, the directors there because there's a large gender wage gap. Um, all the men make a gazillion dollars more than the women. And I was kind of yeah. sick of the shit. And one week mm. to the day, I was fired. So they might say it's for my social media. They might say it's for that. But either way, it was sure. life intended to be fired because I loved my residence so much, but it was an unsafe, toxic environment. And I was never going to leave on my own. So the universe was like, bitch, we just got to push you out. Yeah. 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 So, so do you feel like you're in a better spot yeah. now? Well, I didn't work for like six months and I really, really had to grieve. Okay. Like, um, you know, I was close to my residence. Even now, like when some of them go to the hospital, I'm their emergency contact. So I have to yeah. be like, well, yeah. I don't mm -hmm. really I don't really work with them anymore. Um, so that's really hard, especially because um, the only people I really know in Tacoma are people in the homeless community. So like when I leave my house, those are the only people I run into. Wow. And so I see sure. them a lot. It just was a grieving process. It's five years yeah. of your life. And so for six months, I didn't work. Well, sure. Now I work. I got a much quieter job. I'm a domestic violence advocate. And it's like a completely different environment because this is just mothers and children. Whereas before it was just like one nonstop meth party, like mental psychosis 24 hours a day. Good sure. Lord. Sure. It's sure. it's not yeah. better. It's just different. It's just different. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Sure. But you are one of the amazing people that make a difference in our world. In Thank our world. you. I so, try. I, mean, I always yeah. think like yeah. I was just trying I to think if regardless of what you do for a job, like you have to be of service. Your life won't ever amount to shit if you're not in service. I always think that. Yeah. So if you yeah. can do it for your job, well then it's there true. you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I listen to uh, this fellow, James Altucher, his podcast sometimes, and he was talking about, um, and it might have even been in, in his book, but he says, like, he, he's always looking for that life to save. Yeah. And and maybe not literally, but when he goes out of the house, he looks for, like, where he can help is basically what it boils down to. Yeah. And after hearing that, I was, like, that really, really stuck with me because I, I felt like I was... Uh, always at odds with my surroundings where I'm like just trying to get somewhere or and somebody's in my way or whatever. And and I heard that and I just, I took a breath and just kind of slowed down. And, um, and I did, I, just, I look, I look for little, little places I can help. Yeah. And I think like, um, for me, when I started my job five years ago, one of the things I noticed was I never watched the news again. It was like, I was living the life in touch with all of these people that were all the issues that we bitch about racism, systemic racism, you know, police brutality, yeah. poverty, mental health care. And I haven't watched the news since I just kind of feel like, and it's funny. I always Jeez. tell people, I never watch the news yet. You notice I always know what's going on. It, it, it's, it doesn't take a lot to figure it out. Yeah. First off. I mean, it's like if you, if you've got half a brain and you're not, sticking your head in the sand like an ostrich it, it doesn't take that much um i i agree with you I, I try not to watch the news i don't think i've actually watched the news as purposely in the like last 10 years um so i will turn it on like a snippet and i'm like yeah i i don't it's pretty much the same shit that i saw 10 yeah. years ago 
and we haven't we haven't we're not doing anything about it or we're doing very little about it. Um, so I don't I don't need to plug into that other than like you said trying to do the right thing on a daily mm-hmm. basis to make things better. You know, however I can influence it. Um, well, so so yeah, and speaking of what you just said, like living that. Um, I know I know I watched on your social media. You went to some of the the protests there in. Tacoma, I'm We're assuming. In Seattle. I went to Seattle. Well, I went to both. Oh, you Seattle went to Seattle. Okay. So you went to some of the, the protests and marches, and I think you took your kids oh, with yeah. you? Oh, yeah. I take them everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how how was that? I'm just curious. Amazing. Like that, um, that... My son, for days, was just kept saying, like, I'm never going to forget this. We all, um, I mean, there were thousands of us. We stormed the freeway, and... Um, the only people that were shitty were the police. <laughs> like people stopped their cars yeah. and got out to applaud. The people were bawling their eyeballs out. And I'm always one that talks wow. shit about white people all the time. But like there was white people in their cars just crying and saying thank you and like little old white ladies and all those things. So everybody was extremely unified. It was a really empowering, magical experience. It's something that I have wished for my whole life. Like I grew up in the hood. Like. I know what it's like, you know, and so this is beautiful for me to see it happening. And it's beautiful for my children to be right there because they have that experience. And it just makes me excited for all the stuff they're going to do by the time they're adults, all the change. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that. Like, like our son's generation and then even your, your kids mm-hmm. are younger than our son, their generation. I mean, they're, they're going to be the ones that, that, you know, I think truly. It. Yeah, I agree. The world. Absolutely. Like yeah. my children are so in tune to, what's happening and um so enthusiastic about equality and fairness and just really their minds are really open to the injustices not just here in the united states but like of the world and that's beautiful like they know things that i barely found out two years ago they already know the stuff you know like it's just it's beautiful their consciousness cool yeah yeah it is well that's amazing uh that's an amazing experience Mm -hmm. for them I, uh, we, we were in, um, at a state during all the protests with family in Kansas. So we, we weren't here for, well, actually I shouldn't say that we, I guess there's protests still going on. So we are here, but, um, yeah. Well, and Chris, this is sort of like, you can, we, we've done your, you are our third podcast today that we're putting on, but I mean, this is sort of our, you know, we, maybe only five people hear this podcast, but we are you know, this is sort of our way of doing it. You know, we're, we're trying to get the right message yeah. out there and, and, you know, showing the equality and trying to put the right message forward. So, um, I, I am not a, um, Oh, I, I have not protested. Um, but I am a big, uh, I probably post entirely too much <laughs> on my Facebook page and stuff like that. So, um, and I vote, I am a voter. So I believe in that is doing the, you know, See, I'm not a right voter. Vote I don't for. vote. I mean, I vote locally. I I definitely would never vote for president. So I, what am I trying to say here? Um, I am definitely trying to get more involved on the local level and voting more, being involved in more on the local level. Can I say that like five more times? You got because it. you're right. Yeah, I the the local level is like where the impact really yeah. I think is going to make a difference at. So um, in the last several years. Um, my entire life, I've always at least, well, I've also moved around a lot, so that kind of has forced me not to be so involved at the local level. But I live here in Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh area, and I am definitely voting more on the local level, and definitely 
as always voting on the national level as well. It's just, you know, it just sucks that we got so many idiots that are running and I know know, it's so so embarrassing. um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, uh, you know, my big thing is like, we definitely need to get like term limits and stuff like that and get that. You know, if you're going to drain, you know, oh my gosh, drain as I air quote, drain the swamp, (laughs) you know, the idiot that we got in there now, he's not doing anything to help that in any way, shape or form. But term limits, you know, and voting voting at the local level, those are the ways I think you can definitely make impacts and get things changed. So, um, yeah, anyway, I agree. Voting, voting. I, uh, and social and activism. Going. So good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, it's amazing to see, you know, the whole the whole world come together and, you know, join the protest. I, I admire that, you know, you went and took your kids. I, I have to admit, like, even if we were home i think i would have been too afraid to go because of the stuff i saw on the news and 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 maybe that's the whole point of them putting that on the news is to keep people away yeah because i can tell you that like the only aggression we saw was from police and you know everybody's like well why were you guys lighting well that's what scares me and why are you guys lighting police cars on fire well because we can like you have to light shit on fire i've said this all my life nobody's gonna listen unless you light shit on fire you know what i mean and so like the police were really aggressive and i observed that multiple times but i'll tell you that as a crowd like my children were always protected people were like how could you bring your kids to that because we were there where their buildings were burning and the second we heard like tear gas canisters from in the distance you know people grabbed my kids hovered them when we thought the police were charging people were like get your kids to the side you know everybody's very protective of each other and there's more of us than there are police and so if the people really wanted there wouldn't have been a threat you would have just we were peaceful police weren't and, yeah. when, and once well, yeah, fire that's, started, that's, that's I, the part that scares yeah, me. I did take the children home. They saw enough. I was like, well, we'll let the adults yeah. do their things now. <laughs> right. My right. son was mad. That's yeah, amazing. He was mad. He wanted to stay. He was hoping to do some graffiti. Of course. But I said, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, and uh, going back to your um, experience when you were fired, what I thought was interesting is you did your diary on, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you would check in every day and like tell your story and uh, you know, may, maybe that was like part of your grieving process, but what, but what a like smart thing well, to do. Well, you know, people to, like, are so embarrassed to be fired and I loved it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like the feather in my cap. I tell people all the time, like, damn right. You're going to fire me. Like, fuck you. Like she literally, she's like, you know, Suzanne, we can offer you a resignation so you can use us as, as a reference. Cause you'll never get a job. And I looked at her and, the eyes and her dead black eyes and I said bitch you better fire me and and I I will not t- like don't <laughs> dangle that carrot in front of me bitch I found a job just fine but yeah it was very healing and it was like I wanted people to know like you know I have a tendency to make jokes about everything but it's also devastating I mean yeah. my family sacrificed for me to work there my children had every Thanksgiving with my residents every Christmas with my residents like they they mm. sacrifice normal holidays so that they can eat Thanksgiving dinner with these fifty maniacs that are the loves of my life, right? Jeez. You know what I mean? So yeah. you better fire yeah. me. You got me messed up if you think yeah. I'm just gonna walk away. And, and, and I mean, it literally. So it also doesn't sound like you weren't doing your job. You weren't no, like successful. I had never even had a write at your job. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. So the only reason they were letting you go is because of a social 
uh, difference. Yeah. You know, they felt like you shouldn't wear your sunglasses at work and you shouldn't, you shouldn't twerk. Dance. I shouldn't dance shouldn't and be dance. joyful. I shouldn't make fun right. movies for my re- with my residents so they enjoy their lives. With people that need it, that need yeah. it more than anything. You know what I mean? They, they need to have that reminder that life is not a suck ass, you know, yeah. existence. They, they, they need that. They, they, they need that. When she so, was firing me, um, I said, you know, you're a person with no imagination, no creativity, no empathy, no understanding of the culture, the people that I serve. Um, she, yeah. You know, and I said, so it's good that you're firing me. I don't want you to like the stuff that I do. You're like the kind of person that makes me sick. So why, why would I want you to agree with me? Like you're a piece of shit. And, and truthfully, and I'm not trying to brag, but like then after I left the whole program fell apart and it's a nightmare, but that's not, it's like the bittersweet to it. Cause my residents suffer, but it's like, yeah, well, it's sad. You guys. well, sure. Like you yeah. brought, you brought something good to the table. You brought joy and like lightheartedness and fun to, like probably a very heavy, heavy environment. Well, you have to remember, I don't know if you guys have ever taken like an implicit bias test or anything like that. It's about just like the way we're conditioned to see racism and stuff like that. It's really interesting. But in one of the classes I took for work, they were discussing like one of the, one of my most like my priorities is always like dignity affirming behavior. Like before I do something, like before I would ever post at work, I'd always be like, would my residents be okay with this? And I never posted anything without their permission, anything like that. But a lot of what I would post would be so that people can get the idea of like what the life is really like and and what they go through every day. And also there's highs and lows, but like we usually through gallows humor work through it right and in implicit bias class that i took for work um they were saying that they tested people's brains right and they would show them these videos of or images of really gross stuff like um a, a toilet that's overflowed with shit and like um dead gross things with maggots right And then they would show them pictures of homeless people or people with substance use disorder and people's brains reacted to the same, the same way to both of those images. So as a homeless person, you're walking through Mm. society where people are looking at you like you're a toilet overflowed shit. And now you're just supposed to come and integrate yourself back into society and, and feel like you're part of it when you've really been treated like worse than garbage. Yeah. 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 That's, that's interesting. I've never heard of, I've never heard of that test. Yeah. It's a messed up test. Now I'm curious to take it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a whole study yeah. they did. And, and it makes sense because, you know, um, my residents were always skeptical of everyone. They are always uh, trying to sabotage themselves because they have the expectation that everything they have is going to be gone anyway. So hurry up and kick me out or hurry up. And, um, you know, I'm going to do all the drugs in front of you. So you kick me out. And I'm just like, always like well i don't care if you do drugs i just want you to do them safely you know like i'm not going to judge anybody for any of those things and sometimes they just need that healing one person does make a difference they have one positive interaction with a provider and that can make a difference it gives them more optimism to reach out and try to get the help that they need right yeah i mean i i appreciated you know reading your post because it did like the stuff you shared it gave a very vivid picture of you know your day-to-day and I don't, maybe this is terribly naive, but I mean, I, I'm not, I don't see that side of things. Typically I wasn't aware of stuff yeah, like no, that. You unless know? you're in it, you don't. Most, most they people. Don't. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, I, I think I'm a very empathetic person and, and 
I don't know. And, and seeing things like that or knowing about them, I feel like makes us more empathetic. Oh, certainly. And more understanding. And I think it's like there's a confusion because we have in our minds the idea of homeless people that they're like jacked up, filthy, laying on the sidewalk all day or drinking or whatever. But like there's varying degrees of homelessness, just the same way as there is of poverty. Although the lines are pretty blurred now because everybody's poor as all get out. But like you might see a lot of people every single day in your life who are actually homeless. Like you know, people can go somewhere yeah. and they can shower every morning and they can put their stuff in a locker and you would never know that they're homeless and they've probably been homeless for years. That's true. And so um, I dealt with a lot of people that were just straight up permanent street people. They're always going to dig in the garbage. They might sleep in, in the woods in the summertime and come out in the wintertime for shelter just because it's freezing here. And then I dealt with people who were homeless because they don't want to pay bills and they like the freedom and they just like to party and camping out's okay and they're comfortable with that. And then you have people that are seriously mentally ill and they don't have, they're usually products of generational homelessness. So it's not like when they lost their housing, they could just go stay at an auntie's house. No, the auntie's probably homeless as well. And so there's so much victimization. There's just so many things set up you know there's more um shelter available for men than there are for women and that's usually because women can unfortunately shack up easier than men can so it's like yeah and then that's an an unfortunate necessity for women then to have to like find a man to to go stay with so this is like you would see stuff like that every day and you want to feel like you're helping and you want to feel like you're making a change and you're not you, just with the individual, not with the overall cause. And that's, I guess, what you right. have to take from it is you just have to. But that's where it starts, exactly. right? Yeah. It's like a one-on-one yeah. thing. I, um, yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Chris, go do it. I'm just you trying to collect question. my thoughts. I'm like, where yeah. do I go from here? I just um, bummed you guys well, out. It, Sorry. <laughs> no, no, not no, at all. It's no. not bum it's, out. It's just like. So I think. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna. No, they're, like reading your posts, it it does. It brings a different level of awareness. And a couple of years, might have been three, four years ago, you posted something about you were in a Starbucks and the barista offered a a free drink to oh, a yeah. police officer. I think. Uh, give me that. And your post. What about me? Yeah. Right. You're like, what about me? Like, I'm out serving Absolutely. as well, but you're not offering me <laughs> yeah, a free drink. And I can guarantee you, I make and, a whole lot less. And you're probably doing a better. You're probably. Being a better influence yeah, I actually on the people that is yes, a skill. yeah, yes, yep, exactly. But it just it just kind of I don't know it brought up something in my mind where you know we really we just look at things on the surface mm-hmm. and we expect like because I probably well actually I know I've done the same thing because I I worked at Starbucks <laughs> a long time ago and um and we I see these people who in my mind like these people are out serving yeah. so like we should offer them something but that's yeah. I mean, I guess in a way that's like prejudicial as well, because then like what we're not recognizing are all the people who are making differences in people's days who aren't wearing a particular uniform. Absolutely. It's, it's so hard. Cause like, I I think about like, you know, um, if I had stayed in Pennsylvania and stayed where I was at, I feel like I probably would be a racist. (laughs) Like, I, I, you know, it, but the fact that I got to go, I, I joined the military. I got to see a lot of s- different things. I met a lot of different people. I met a lot of great people. I met a lot of crappy people. And like my mantra anymore has been like, 
I got to meet you. I got to talk to you. And then I'm going to decide whether you're an asshole or you're a good person. And that's, it's just going to be on that like one-on-one influence and how I can interact with you. And then, um, just trying to do the right thing. Even if you are on the side of an asshole, I'm still going to do, try to do the right thing for you as much as I can. Um, so, but it's that, it's that getting out and experiencing people on a one-on-one basis to get past all those things that you hear or you just don't know any better. And I feel like that's, that's, you know, we, there's pockets of communities around in my area where people have never left. Like, it's funny to listen to my in-laws because to come over to see me in Greensburg, which is like 20 miles away, that sometimes is a big, it's a big trip. <laughs> like we don't want to go that far. That's too far to go. And so they just, you know, they want to stay in their self-contained little yeah. neighborhood. And, you know, my, my in-laws are great people. They're, they're extremely nice and they want to help everybody. So that's awesome. But sort of, you know, they sometimes have a very limited view on the world because they haven't been to all these different places and haven't, haven't experienced all that stuff. So how do we get more people to experience that stuff and to get past those biases that like you said, when you take that, those bias mm-hmm. tests where it's built into us, it's yes. human nature. And if you don't get out and experience stuff, it's so hard to fight that. And I think we talk about too, like mental health wise, you know, it's, it's so hard to recognize that and deal with it and, and attack it on a, on a day-to-day basis to make yourself better. Um, it's just a lot of hard work, I, I, I guess. Well, I feel, it is hard because it, yeah. it, even just the, the science behind how the brain works, like thinking something and knowing something are two different things. Like I yeah. can have a knowingness that all people are, you know, inherently good, whether they're homeless or... Yeah, you know, whatever, right? Um, but but that but but the brain, like the the way our brains work, is they're constantly judging everything around us. That's what they're built to do. Like yeah. that's one of their functions. So it's there's, I think it's more of like a an awakening that that we have to have within. Yeah, and I also think it's yeah. important too, and it's a skill that I had to develop working um, in a housing first program because people will say like, we'll bring people in off the streets and they've been homeless for like 20 years, right? And this is their first time yeah. living indoors and people assume, oh, okay, like, well, people would always say, well, now they have a, now that they have an apartment, they need to go out and get a job. Like, no, like they just went through severe Uh, trauma like they have PTSD they have anxiety some of them can't even sleep inside they still sleep outside for the first month or two I always say when they first get housed you don't even count the first year as being housed because they don't feel like they live anywhere right and I used to have I used to argue with people all the time I'd be like why do you well because it's not really their house it's not their place they've been placed they've been put there right right? they've been put there so that's that's gotta be hard to adjust they also don't really know how to a lot of things like um, washing yourself daily, they would hoard a lot of things that they, things you might need on the streets you won't need, you know, plastic yeah. bottles, yeah. different things like that, right? And people would always be like, these guys are freeloaders and they need to go out and get a job. So you can't work when you're coming off of that. You know, you need to really just like decompress yeah. and have that experience. And so I stopped arguing. And instead of like arguing and telling someone why their opinion's wrong, I just show them with my actions and and let those things speak. Because if you argue with someone um, that disagrees or has their, people really believe in themselves. Let me tell you something. Their opinions are way more important to themselves than they should be. And so I've had to really stop letting what other people think um, affect me because 
eventually, you know, we're all at different levels of like consciousness and eventually they'll get there. They're just way behind. Right. And you don't want to work yeah. yourself yeah. up or that person because people will really hold on to their well, shit. Well, you're, you're very smart because yeah, I mean, you're, you're, that's, that's pretty brilliant because I mean, arguing isn't gonna, isn't gonna change anyone's mind. An argument is just gonna further divide people, yeah. right? Yeah. It's gonna dig them in Absolutely. further. Yeah. 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 So yeah. let me ask Suzanne. So with that, like, what do you try to, so you just go with like the leadership by example, you're just going yeah, to try here on the streets. Do we the always right say, thing. we don't talk about it. We be about it. So if okay. you want to say these people need to get a job or whatever, okay. You can think that all you want and you can go on living the rest of your life thinking they're freeloaders, but I'm going to go on living the rest of my life, seeing people get up every day with crippling anxiety, with physical issues that are untreated, mental issues untreated and waking up every day, putting their socks and shoes on and going out and trying to have one nice day. That's what I'm going to choose yeah. to see. Yeah. And, and hopefully that spills over. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I try to be, I mean, here in, in New York city, there's a lot of people, you know, on the streets and a lot of people asking for, for money. So I try to keep a couple extra dollars in my pocket and just, give it out where I can. Yeah. And people are always like, oh, they can buy drugs with it. And I'm like, so let them. I don't care. You ever watch yeah. somebody go through withdrawal? It's horrific. You would never want anyone to go through that. Yeah. And the thing is, like, again, with like that situation, like you, they've got to, they've got to find the help that they need to get when, when they're yeah. ready. And when they're, you know, when that process is, is right for them. And, and some people don't ever get it. Some people do get it. And just because they're on the side of not getting it yet for themselves doesn't mean that their life is any less important than anybody else's. So, I mean, they, they of course. Yeah, and it's, yeah. And, and I always say, like, most of the residents that I serve, they're going to be using drugs the rest of their lives. I'm okay with that. You know, <laughs> I'll yeah. love you no matter what. There's a lot of people that watch football and it makes me sick, right? I'm like, I guess I'll be friends with this person yeah. who watches football all the time and I have to see their stupid posts about it, all right? Like, I just accept whatever <laughs> whatever shit people are into. You know what I mean? I, I just entered my 12-step football well, program the other day. One day so at a time. I'm, I'm one day at a time it. for that, okay? <laughs> one day, yeah. So at some point I may be asking some people for forgiveness yeah. and, and apologizing for that. So, um, but that's funny. Well, no, that was not, that for, was, that was not for, funny for being willing to come on and, and talk. I, um, you know, going back to your, your, your diary on Instagram, <laughs> I just think things like that are so amazing because I tend to be very, very like introverted and withdrawn, <laughs> especially if I'm going through a situation like that. So it, it gives, you know, some of us permission to be a little more like outspoken right. and, and not feel, you know, bad about what we're going through. Yeah, we say I'm the I'm the so, first one to jump so off. So it's the inspiring. Cliff, right? I jump off the cliff yeah, and survive and the rest of you can come. That's me. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> right on, right on. Well this was so cool. It was so good to see you and uh you know hear about it was interesting to hear about your uh, experience at the marches. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. My children are are like floating on a cloud because of it you know yeah, what i mean yeah yeah absolutely well yeah you know, and on top of that i mean great experience but then for when they get older and you know and hopefully you have uh, you're raising future protesters yeah, it's total power to the people that's the lesson they took from it yeah. they saw yeah. um strength in numbers and they saw people out there basically saying fuck you yeah yeah well yeah i mean our government you know after all it's supposed to be you know by the people for the people right but it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, things are, things are changing. Yeah.
Remember, we are not doctors. I'm Aaron Kulik. And I'm Chris Baker. Thanks for listening to Overthunk. You can reach us at overthunkshow at gmail.com. And remember, don't overthink it.